Welcome to another podcast by Victoria Point Baptist Church. We are glad you have joined us today. If you would like to connect with us as we aim to introduce people to Jesus by connecting with our local community and beyond, you can find out more at vpbc.com.au. If the Youth Connect guys would like to move out, that's grade 7 and upwards. Anyone really doesn't want to listen to me, uh, that's okay. You could uh, come into that classification, but for our young adults, your Youth Connect uh, if you'd like to meet in the foyer. Uh, good morning. Uh, trust that uh, you're going well. Happy Father's Day to you. And um, we're talking about prayer and worry. Um, as yet, the coffee van hasn't turned up. Um, so um, um, just pray that it will. And uh, look, if it doesn't, we're not Indian givers. We'll certainly will honour that. Um, but I'm just hoping they're running late. So yeah, just no riots, please, uh, at the end of the service, if you can help it. There's a number of uh, Christian disciplines uh, that are considered to be a part of our journey with God. Uh, A number of things that the Bible would clearly set out and talk to us about. These things are part of our lifestyle. This is the way that we live. And it identifies, I suppose, that our calling, uh, as we've been talking about, is to love God, to worship Him and to serve Him. But this year particularly, we've been talking about how we are to usher in God's kingdom. Our purpose is to usher into God's kingdom as it is in heaven, so it is on earth. And we take responsibility for that, that we play our part in ushering in God's kingdom. And so at this point, there's no tension when it comes to the things that we need to be doing to usher into God's kingdom. We all agree we're all happy to be a part of that. Uh, But the challenge is actually doing it. Uh, the challenge is coming to that place where we actually take on board what God is asking us to do and to live our lives in the way that his spirit is leading us. And so sometimes this is where the tension comes in. We know what we want to be doing. We know what we need to be doing. But there's aspects of our Christian life around Christian disciplines that we struggle to sort of grasp hold of. They never seem to take root in our life as we would want them to. And so we can become quite disappointed in ourselves, always feeling that perhaps we could do better uh, or we, I wish we could get this aspect of my life or whatever sorted. Uh, and it really comes back to, I suppose, a sense of what we believe. Um, what, because what we believe determines what we do. Uh, that's not really as challenging as turning around and having it look at it the other way. If we were to study what we do, it would show what we actually believe. Uh, and that's far more challenging because you and I can look at our actions and by looking at what we actually do or don't do, we can say, well, this is what we believe. Uh, I find that a, a lot more challenging. And so when we talk about spiritual disciplines, even the word discipline, I suppose, has that ring to it, which suggests it's hard work. But you know, the normal Christian disciplines of attending church, being engaged in fellowship, giving our tithes and offerings, uh, reading the Bible, praying, uh, listening to God's spirit, uh, displaying the fruit, being humble and obedient, uh, all of these things are Christian disciplines or things that we have to uh, be intentional about so that we can live lives that honour God and live lives that usher in his kingdom. And I have to say, it's not hard for us to be overwhelmed by this. Not hard for us to feel very guilty. 
uh, not hard for us to get to the point of saying, well, when I consider all the things that I'm asked to do, uh, I feel pretty like, much like a failure when it comes to actually doing them. And so there is this weight of tension where we become overwhelmed. We have an understanding of what we want to do and what we should do, but often we're unable to do it. And often we go to the human mindset is, I just need to buckle down. I just need to try harder. I'm jolly well going to be more focused and I'm going to do those things that I've been wanting to do for years or do those things that God wants me to do. And what we do is we commit, we sort of buckle down, we're intentional, it lasts for about two or three weeks, and then at that period we're beating ourselves up again and said, oh, well, that didn't work, I really am a failure. Uh, one of my favourite saying is the bestest life. My second favourite saying, which might not be quite as popular, but one that's important to me is this, I can tell you why trying to do Christian disciplines doesn't work. I can tell you why if you're wanting to pray or tithe or read your Bible or do all these things that we know we should be doing but you're not doing them, I can tell you why you're not. And it's a wonderful phrase that Jerry Bridges came up with, any discipline without desire is drudgery. And it's very true. Anything that we feel we need to do, if we don't do it for the right reasons or we don't have the desire or the passion to do it, will just turn into a burden. So if we see Christian disciplines and we're saying, I am doing this because God wants me to, God expects me to, I'm going to be in trouble if I don't. I'm doing these Christian disciplines because that's what good Christians do. Uh, if there's any of that, I can assure you when it comes to prayer, for instance, by this time next week, you won't be praying. That sort of power over you lasts a week or two, or if you're really good, maybe a month. But we are clever enough and creative enough to work our ways around finding reasons for not doing them. So what we need to do is ask ourselves, why would God ask me to do that? Not, oh, I need to do that so I'm in his good books, or I need to do that to be a good Christian, or I need to do those things, but well, that's what good Christians do and the Bible tells me. But we need to actually ask, why would God ask me, in this case, to pray? Why does God want me to pray? What is the blessing? What is the benefit? Because as we consider these things, we can actually create desire to want to perform them or be involved with them, rather than just doing them out of duty, which becomes a drudgery, which means we don't do them anyway. And so the key thing here is, what do we believe? Because our belief will determine our actions. What we believe determines what we do. And so we have to look at our truths. If you want to turn that around, this is a challenge. If we are people who don't find it easy to pray or want to pray or feel comfortable praying, if prayer is not a part of our lifestyle and our daily routine, we need to ask ourselves, what truth is it that I don't believe? Because our beliefs determine our behavior. And I can tell you, uh, what we believe determines whether we pray or we don't pray, because desire is the key. So traditionally, maybe not traditionally, I'm being too judgmental, but certainly when I was growing up as a boy, which is a long time ago, generally the means to get anyone to do something was tell them that they must, or they should, or God's going to stomp on them if they don't. Uh, or some bad thing's going to happen to them if you don't do it. That was generally the way, and I'm generalising, but there was that undertone of, of guilt and duty that was placed on people's shoulders to get people to do things. And it does work. We are very open to guilt. 
And that's why people use it, because you, you guys respond to it. Uh, and generally, that's our human nature. But when it comes to prayer, it becomes that private communication, conversation that we have with God. And we generally sort of say, well, to people outwardly, yes, I pray. But inwardly, we know we don't. Inwardly, we know that we don't really get into a conversation where it's be part of our lifestyle and we share and talk about God in all these things. So what I want to do today is to reaffirm some truth that everyone here would say, yes, I believe, but that belief has really never taken over your life. In other words, we've kept this belief at a distance. We believe it, but we never let that truth actually touch us and change us. So there's a sense where we keep a truth at a distance, a safe distance, but the truth never really flows over us. And the reason that I can be so direct in that, even perhaps a bit cheeky or rude to suggest that we don't believe, is this. If we truly did believe these things, our prayer life would change dramatically. If we truly did believe these things, we would find that prayer would be a natural outworking of our life and journey all of the time. Now, if it is for you, good on you. And I don't want to assume that people aren't prayers. I know many of you are very good and called and have a life of prayer. But I believe we can reinforce some truths which will change our attitude to prayer. The first one is this, God is real. Now, at some point, every Christian has some doubts. At some point, we go at a moment, oh, I wonder if I'm being conned here. Every Christian at some moment is thinking, oh, am I just believe because mum and dad believe? Or is it just easier to believe? I don't know. But at some point, we all doubt at some level. Maybe um, it's all different for us. In fact, doubting is good. You don't want to stay there, but doubting is the only... If you don't doubt, you won't grow. If you don't question things and challenge things and work it out, you won't grow. But what I'm getting, it's normal for all of us at some point to have that little fleeting thought. Um, I wonder if God really is real. <laughs> you know, that little bit of doubt. I find that normal. I think it's healthy. We can't stay there. But you're probably like me. If a current affair was to get me on the sidewalk at Vicky Point or something and stick a microphone in front of my face and all being equal and well, <laughs> and they stick a microphone in front of my face and say, do you believe in God? I'd say, yes, I believe in God. And I'm sure that would be the same of all of you. There's this accent of belief in who God is. But my challenge to you today is this. Do you really believe that God exists? How would that transform our prayer life if it became a reality in our life that was so large that we couldn't ignore it? Not just, oh, God believes, but yes, God is real. And that actually flows over into how we talk to him and how we pray with him. For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made so that people are without excuse. And so Paul says here, if you look at nature, if you look at creation, there's no excuse. Creation tells you that there's a God. And so if you wanted to, if you wanted to get um, a thousand Lego blocks and you want to put them in a bucket and you go and get some explosives and you put them under that bucket and you blow them sky high and then they come down as a nice helicopter or a Ferrari or a car or some nice thing, if you believe that's possible, well, I tell you what, <laughs> it's really possible to believe there's no God. 
But the reality is that nature or creation says to us that there is a God. Do you know it takes far more faith to be an atheist than it does to be a Christian? Far more faith. Because every time you look at nature, every time you study a kidney or a liver or a heart or some part of our body and you see the order and design and how effective it is and how just it's put together, if you can look at that and say that's all an accident, well, knock yourself out. (laughs) Because enjoy your atheism. Because there's a sense here that it takes far more faith to believe that God doesn't exist than that he does. But before we criticise those who don't believe, because generally my gut feeling is, or my interaction with people is most people do believe. A lot of people say, I don't want to have anything to do with him, or he's up there and I'm down here and so it doesn't matter. But there's there's this general belief that God exists. However, before we criticise people who look at nature and say there's no God, or look at nature and say, yes, there's a God, but I'm not interested... Before we challenge them, why wouldn't we challenge ourselves? If we believe God is real, what difference would that make to our prayer life? If we genuinely believe that he's real, what difference would that make to our prayer life? And it's a significant challenge. And so it's one of these truths where we sort of keep it at arm's length, but we actually need to grasp it and hold it tight and bring it in close. It's one of those truths that we sort of just have out there floating around. Yes, God's real. But we really never really own it or take hold of it and believe it to the point where it starts to take hold of the way that we live. So I know that you know and I know that you believe God exists. But can we just take another step of faith and consider if we truly believe that God is real, how would that change the way that we pray? And if we're not praying... If we're not enjoying, not duty, not guilt, not doing it because I must, but if we're not drawn to wanting to pray, can we really believe that God's real? Because it sort of doesn't line up. It's that paradox. If he's real, we'd be praying and praying and praying, not because we have to, because we want to. God's real. So today, I just want to remind you, this is no fairy tale. This is no cute story. This is not just some crutch that we lean on just to get through life. But God is real, and we need to own that truth because it will transform our thinking when it comes to prayer. And it would get to this stage. I wouldn't have to be asking you this. I'd be simply saying, why wouldn't we pray? Why wouldn't we pray if we believe God's real? And so there's a challenge there. So what what we believe determines how we act. Do we believe God is real? We would say yes. But do we believe God's really, really real to the point that our natural expression is to talk with him and share with him and communicate with him? Therefore, I tell you, don't worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear is not life more than food and body more than clothes. Look at the birds of the air, they do not sow nor reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they are? Not only is God real, but God loves you. God loves to bless you. God's desire in breaking into this present evil age and bringing in his new kingdom through Christ so was that we could be blessed. So not only is God real... But he loves us. He's on our side. He's for us. He's wanting to bless us. 
So again, we go through this process. If I really believe God loves me, how would that affect the way that I pray or my prayer life? If I know God really does love me, doesn't that create a desire to want to talk with him and share with him and communicate and converse with him? God loves you. How does he display this? Well, firstly, he allows the life of Christ to be your life. Uh, He loves you by allowing the intercessory work of Jesus. So the righteousness of Christ has been given to you. That's a demonstration of amazing love. The righteousness of Jesus is given to you. And so when God looks at you, he sees you without blemish and free from all accusation. When God looks at you, he sees Jesus. Oh, how God loves us. And what I'm trying to do is that we would take hold of the things that we believe and expose them, if you like, or promote them to the point of saying, why don't I pray with passion and desire and joy? Why isn't it something that happens naturally for me rather than a burden? Because sometimes we forget the truth. We forget how much God loves us. Not only is it the intercessory work of Jesus in your life where you have received his righteousness, but he has made his home within us by his Holy Spirit. So we are empowered by God. He lives within us. He enables us. He leads and he guides. And so how do we access this power? How do we access the the peace? How do we access God's wisdom? How do we access the Spirit of God who has made his home within us? We pray. And if we think that prayer is the means by connecting us to the power and the joy and the peace and the hope of the Holy Spirit, God's life, Jesus living in us, if we access that through prayer, suddenly it's not the burden. Suddenly it's not the task. Suddenly discipline's not a dirty word. Let's think about it. He's real. He loves us and he lives within us and he's given us this power. Surely we start to think about the truth that will set us free to pray. And this is a challenge, and this is a challenge for me. Paul, if I believe that God is real, if I believe that he loves me, if I believe that he wants to bless me, why don't I pray? Because somehow in here, I'm holding a truth that is real, but it's out there. It's sort of distance. Yes, I, I take hold of it, but I don't hug it. It's out there, but I don't really grasp it and remind myself and actually by faith commit myself to praying because why? God is real. This isn't a hoax. This isn't some folklore. This isn't some fairy tale. I pray because you know what? God's actually real. And I pray why? Because he actually loves me. How do I know that he loves me? The intercessory work of Jesus has been given to me. Jesus says, Paul, I'm not afraid to call you a brother. How good is that? We have his Holy Spirit, his power, his joy, his peace, his wisdom, his guidance. That is available to me as I pray. In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. This prayer is a good thing. This prayer is a wonderful source of blessing. This is prayer, something we get excited about. And I know you believe and I know you pray, but I want to get to the point where we create a desire where we're excited to pray. We want to pray. We look for every opportunity to pray. 
rather than it being this duty or this burden that we drag along in a baggage thing with us during our Christian experience. Oh, if I have to, I'll carry it. If I need to, I'll put up with it. God is real. And guess what? He genuinely loves you and wants to bless you. And he wants to empower your life. And the means that we talk or come to mean by that is that we talk with him. And we talk with him. One of the obvious barriers to prayer is pride. And one of the reasons that we really don't have a deep desire to pray is simply because we don't need to. Or we think we don't need to. If we're not praying, there's a good sense that somehow our self-sufficiency is far too high. In other words, we don't think we need God, we just need to pull him out of the cupboard every time we get in trouble. So what we think about God and our needs is really important because the issue of why we're not passionate about prayer is sometimes we're too jolly well self-sustaining. In other words, self-independence. We believe we don't need God all of the time. We just sort of bring him out when we need him. Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has ascended into heaven, Jesus, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. Because we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weakness, but we have one who has been tempted in every way just as we are. Yet he did not sin. So let us approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Good job, Sam Pierce. That was two weeks ago that I said that and you remembered something about the throne of grace. This privilege of coming into God's room, this throne of grace. And why do we do that? We come to prayer because we put our hand up and we say, God, I need you. This isn't working. I need you. I desperately need you. And so if we're not praying... In what, the message we're giving, and actually the truth will reveal what we believe. What we're believing is if we're not praying, is I don't need you, God. It, that, that's the reality. I don't like it because it sort of reflects on me as you too. I don't like that because it's too jolly painful and honest. But if I'm not really passionate about praying, it's because I don't believe I need God. But we know we need God. We know there's a practical sense where we need God. We know there's, there's things we talked about worry and you know, we need our, a roof over our head and we need food in our tummy. And there's some practical needs. Sometimes if you're unemployed or you've got a sickness and just those needs are really tough in life and you need God for that. But we have other needs. We have emotional needs. We have anxiety. We have fear. We have doubt. We have guilt. We have grief. We have insecurity. And God is saying, I am real, I love you, and I want to bless you in your need. I want to find that spot that you're hurting, and I want to bless you and help you. I don't want you to be anxious. I don't want you to be afraid. I don't want you to be guilty. I don't want you to be overtaken by grief. I don't want those things. I want to bless you. And so we have this great high priest. We enter into the throne of grace to help us in our time of need. So by not praying, we're saying, God, I don't need you. And I know that's not true, but it just shows how jolly silly we are as human beings. How unwise we can be at times. 
But let's keep going because there's a couple of other things I want to finish with that are facts about God that will encourage us to pray because it creates the desire. One of those is that God actually hears our prayers. Now, for you and I to think about this, of all the Christians and people over the world praying, it doesn't take too long for us to realise how could God possibly hear all our prayers at once. So there is a step of faith here. Again, I believe this is a Christian truth that we keep at arm's length. If I was to say to you, do you believe God answers prayer? You would say, yes, yes, of course God answers prayer. But I reckon it's a truth that we hold at arm's length. We don't really hug it. We don't really grab it. We don't really believe it. He may answer our prayer. I hope he answers our prayer. I hope he's listening today. I hope he gives me what he wants. There's this aspect where we have to believe that God answers prayer. Um, I'm not sure if some of you may have watched the movie Bruce Almighty. Um, This guy was sort of complaining about life and all the things going wrong. So in this sketch, this movie, he's God. He's given the power of God. And he's overwhelmed by all these people that keep praying to him all the time. There's prayers coming in all the time. He doesn't know what to do. So he comes up with an idea. He'll just reply to each of them with an email saying yes. (laughs) And that's the way that he would answer all these prayers. (laughs) And and very quickly he realised he was overwhelmed and that wasn't working. Now there's a reality here where my mind cannot get over the fact that God hears my prayer. I get that. I think all of us, if we were to break it down and say, you mean God can hear all our prayers, thousands, millions, all at the one time, we sort of say, oh, I don't know, how does that work? But the reality is God does hear our prayers. He does. What the truth we need to hear this morning is this. God is listening. God is listening. All of our heartfelt needs, our pain, our grief, our fears, our anxiety, our concerns, our worries, God is listening. And if only we could understand that he truly is listening, prayer would never be a duty, it would just be a passion. If we really could understand that he's listening, then we would come to that place where it would be a great joy for us. For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous and his ears are attentive to their prayer. Every movement that we take towards God, God moves towards us. He responds. He's hearing our prayer. Can I encourage you this morning as a step of faith to believe that God is listening and he hears. Yes, it's incredible to think of all the people over the world praying to him. And I don't know. He's beyond our understanding. But I tell you what, if we just think he hears our prayers and it's a little truth that's just a little way away, it's sort of there but we don't grab hold of it, prayer will never be the passion that it needs to be. And finally, there's one other thing that we need to understand and believe, otherwise it's all useless. It's all useless. God answers prayer. God answers prayer. God responds. How do we know this? Well, it all comes together. I feel like I'm being a teacher now, but I'm going to try and bring it all together and sum it up. If God is real and he actually exists and he loves us and he wants to bless us and we have needs, genuine needs, and he hears our prayers, all of that is useless unless we truly believe that he answers them. (laughs) He answers the prayer. 
This is the confidence that we have in approaching God. If we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we, we have what we've asked of him. Now, obviously, I just need to clarify a few things here so we understand what this means. Sometimes God answers prayer by withholding the answer. For some reason known only to him in his wisdom, he never tells us why. There are times when we'll never know the answer, so we have to trust and believe. God's answer is withheld. We don't like that, but we need to have the understanding. Sometimes God delays the answer. There's an answer coming, it will be clear, but not when we want it. And sometimes God says no. No. Now, this is the point where we come to, is God real? Does he really love me? Does he really want to bless me? Does he hear my prayers? Because he does. And if he hears our prayers and they're dangerous or damaging, he'll say no. This is the confidence that we have. Can I just share here the reality of this, just to keep it in balance, because this is sometimes not always understood or certainly not taught right. But when we pray in Jesus' name, um, you may be someone who wants to say that, and I have no problem with you wanting to use that phrase, in Jesus' name, when you pray. But as the principle behind it, when you pray in Jesus' name, it's not this phrase that we just tack on the end to get what we want. When we pray in Jesus' name, we are saying, according to your will, Jesus, according to your will, God. So be careful. If it's just what you want and you don't what God wants, don't pray in Jesus' name. Because when you pray in Jesus' name, you are saying, according to your will. Now, you're saying, Paul, this is like the fine print. I knew it was too good to be true. Saying all these wonderful things about prayer. And then you come to the point saying, if it's his will, and you feel like sort of, oh, yeah, I knew it. I knew there'd be fine print. But think it through. God is real and he loves you. If he ever says no, there's a reason. If he withholds his answer, there's a reason. If he says wait, there's a reason. Why? Because he... He has the bestest life for you. And so it's not really fine print that destroys us. And the other thing that I want to make is this. Of all the important stuff that we need, you'll always get a yes. In all the important stuff that you and I need, God's answer will always be yes. When you ask for forgiveness, the answer will be yes. When you ask for wisdom, it'll be yes. When you ask for peace, it'll be yes. When you ask for joy, it will be yes. And when he asks for hope, protection, provision, it'll be yes, 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 yes. God hears our prayers and he answers them. And he answers them. What I have hoped to do today is not tell you something that you didn't know because you already knew these things. But I want to challenge you like I had to challenge myself there are things that I believe, but I believe at a distance. In other words, I keep it as a safe... It's like a cop-out. Yes, I believe God's real. Yes, 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 I believe all those things. But we really never grab hold of them and embrace them and hold them tight. Because if I held on to these things and embraced them tight, I would be a passionate prayer. And I'm not always, but I'm learning the passion and the desire to pray. I'm learning that it's no good doing it because I have to or God's going to stomp on me if I don't, or I'm a bad person or a bad Christian if I don't pray, but I'm beginning to understand over these years the joy of praying because I want to. Why wouldn't I and why wouldn't you? So here's the challenge. God is definitely real. Do we embrace it? 
He genuinely loves us and wants to bless us and has the bestest life for us. Do we believe it and embrace it? Is the reason we don't pray is because we're so jolly self <laughs> uh, leaning on it that we, we believe that we don't have any real needs. I can live without God. I don't need him. Do we believe he hears our prayers and importantly, do we believe he answers prayer? I don't think this is an overnight fix. I'm not suddenly thinking that suddenly tomorrow each of us is going to have desire to pray. But this is what I'm hoping. Every time when we're feeling a lack of desire, we would ask ourselves this question, what lie am I listening to? Because if we're not praying, we're listening to a lie. That God's not real, that he doesn't care, that he doesn't answer prayer, that he doesn't hear them. It might be the lie that I don't have any needs, but I can assure you that when you and I aren't passionate about prayer, we're listening to a lie, we're not believing the truth. Let's pray. Father God, this Father's Day, we recognise and acknowledge that you are the good, good Father. And it is your desire to bless us, to heal us, to fill our lives with hope and joy and peace and contentment and wisdom. Father God, I pray today that as an expression of your love for us and as an expression of our love for you, that we would start to look at prayer as a privilege, not a burden. And yes, it is a Christian discipline and yes, it needs focus and intention, but that we would understand that if we don't have a passion for prayer, then we don't understand prayer. And God, I know that you've been showing me and revealing to me over the years just how to get my mind away praying because I have to, to praying because I want to. Did you make your response this morning? You take a step of faith and God, God, would you please create in me a desire to talk with you, to commune with you, to see the privilege of coming into the throne room of grace and just giving you my burdens and my fears and my concerns. Let's stand.